0: where if you mouse over the link at the top for online edition you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop down menu there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in uh, chapter one, section one, The Principles of Miracles. And we'll be reading Miracle Principles 36 through 40, which are in paragraphs 50, 58, and uh, at the top of the hour, we'll pause to touch in with our lesson for the day, which is lesson four, these thoughts do not mean anything, they are like the things I see in this room, on the street. From this window in this place. And so, now uh, one of my favorite things to do is turn to you, Lori, and ask do you have one of your one of your wonderful noetic opening or call.
1: Yeah, I do, LeMoyne, and I just need to say that it's so wonderful that uh, even for these very simple lessons, uh, the voice has no difficulty directing me to to something that speaks to it. So I'm just really grateful. Uh, Today from Meister Eckhart's Book of the Heart, there's this lovely little poem called Room to Grow. my life is like a page on which so much is already written hurts and joys and the tumble of fears and uncertainty what you want of me god is that i clean the slate emptying it all emptying it of all this to make room for the freedom of nothingness where alone you my god have room to grow The thoughts of which I'm aware mean nothing. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
2: Yeah,
1: thank you for that.
2: Thank
3: you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord.
1: Yeah, thank you, Lord. Uh, Grateful to Spirit. Thank you, guys.
0: With everyone, thank you, Lori. And go uh, through our, our reading here this morning, I have uh, with us in reading. I have Lori, Diana, Robin, Marie, Jessica, Jennifer, Karen, and Lana. With us listening, I have Harrison and Jude.
1: I think you forgot on. to add me in. Yeah, Fran.
0: Oh I did. You are you are so correct, Fran. <laughs> Okay, I missed you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You I'm putting you on top there. That's where I, you know. So you read for James? And uh that, then I'll go ahead and uh, <clears throat> get us started by reading the first paragraph. Miracle Principle Thirty Six: Christ-controlled miracles are part of the atonement, but Christ's guidance is personal and leads to personal. The impersonal nature of miracles is an essential ingredient because this enables me to control their distribution. Christ's guidance leads to the highly personal experience of revelation. This is why it involves personal choice. A guide does not control, but he does direct leaving the following up to you. Quote, lead us not into temptation, means, quote, guide us out of our own error. Quote, take up thy cross and follow me, means recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my life.
4: Okay, friends.
1: Miracle Principle 36 Christ-controlled miracles are part of the atonement. But Christ's guidance is personal and leads to personal salvation. The impersonal nature of miracles is an essential ingredient because this enables me to control their distribution. Christ's guidance leads to the highly personal experience of revelation. This is why it involves personal choice. A guide does not control, but he does direct, leaving the following up to you. Quote, lead us not into temptation, unquote, means, quote, guide us out of our own errors, unquote, quote, take up that cross and follow me, unquote, means, quote, recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my guidance, unquote remember that error cannot really threaten truth which can always withstand it only the error is really vulnerable you are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit but the right choice is inevitable if you remember this and i'll read it 52 the soul is in a state of grace forever man's reality is only his soul Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever.
0: Thank you, Fran. And Lori, do you read 51 through 53?
4: Oh, yes.
1: Uh, remember that error cannot really threaten truth, which, is, which can always withstand it. Only the error is really vulnerable. You're free to establish your kingdom where you see fit. But the right choice is inevitable, if you remember this. The soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever. Atonement undoes all errors in this respect, and thus uproots the real source of fear. Whenever God's reassurances are experienced as threat, it is always because you are defending misplaced and misdirected loyalty. That is what projection always involves. Error is lack of love. When a man projects this onto others, he does imprison them, but only to the extent that he reinforces errors they have already made. This makes them vulnerable to the distortions of others, since their are own perception of themselves is distorted the miracle worker can only bless and this and yes and this undoes their distortions and frees them from prison
0: Thank You Lori and Diana you read
4: 52
5: all right 53 atonement undoes all errors in, the respect, in this respect and thus uproots the real source of fear. Whenever God's reassurances are experienced as threat, it is always because you are defending misplaced and misdirected loyalty. That is what projection always involves. Error is lack of love. When man projects this onto others, he does imprison them, but only to the extent that he reinforces errors they have already made. This makes them vulnerable to the distortions of others since their own perceptions of themselves is distorted. The miracle worker can only bless, and this undoes their distortions and frees them from prison. Um, 37, miracles are examples of right thinking, reality contract at all levels becomes strong and accurate, thus permitting correct delineation of intra and interpersonal boundaries. As a result, the doer's perceptions are aligned with truth as God created it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Diana. <clears throat> and Robin Murray.
6: Miracles are examples of right thinking. Reality contact at all levels becomes strong and accurate thus permitting correct delineation of intra- and per interpersonal boundaries. As a result, the doer's perceptions are aligned with truth as God created it. Miracle Principle number 38. A miracle is a correction factor introduced into false thinking by me. It acts as a catalyst, shaking up erroneous perception and reorganizing it properly. This places man under the atonement principle where his perception is healed. Until this has occurred, revelation of the divine order is impossible.
0: Thank you, Robin Murray. And Jessica...
7: Did you say my name? I didn't hear.
0: I did. I did.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
7: Okay. <laughs> Here I go. Um, paragraph 38, Principle 55. A miracle is a correction factor introduced into false thinking by me. It acts as a catalyst, shaking up erroneous perception and reorganizing it properly. This places man under the atonement principle where his perception is healed. Until this has occurred, revelation of the divine order is impossible. 39, principle 56. The spiritual eye is the mechanism of miracles because what it perceives is true. It perceives both the creations of God and the creations of man. Among the creations of man, it can also separate the true from the false by its ability to perceive totally rather than selectively. It thus becomes the proper instrument for reality testing which always involves the necessary distinction between the false and the true.
0: Thank you, Jessica, and uh,
1: Um,
8: Jennifer,
0: maybe? Oh, yes, you're correct, Jennifer. Okay,
2: 5639. The spiritual eye is the mechanism of miracles because what it perceives is true. It perceives both the creations of God and the creations of man. Among the creations of man, it can also separate the true from the false by its ability to perceive totally rather rather than selectively. It thus becomes the proper instrument for reality testing, which always involves the necessary distinction between the false and the true 5740 the miracle dissolves air because the spiritual eye identifies air as false or unreal this is the same as saying that by perceiving light darkness automatically disappears.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. Karen.
8: Paragraph 57, Miracle Principle 40. The miracle dissolves error because the spiritual eye identifies error as false or unreal. This is the same as saying that by perceiving light, darkness automatically disappears paragraph 58. Darkness is lack of light, as sin is lack of love. It has no unique properties of its own. It is an example of the quote unquote, scarcity fallacy, from which only error can proceed. Truth is always abundant. Those who perceive and acknowledge that they have everything, have no need for driven behavior of any kind.
0: Thank you, Karen. And Lana, would you conclude with 58?
3: Sure. A darkness is lack of light, as sin is lack of love. It has no unique properties of its own. It is an example of the, quote, scarcity, unquote, fallacy, from which only error can proceed. Truth is always abundant. Those who perceive and acknowledge that they, oh, I'm sorry. Those who perceive and acknowledge that they have everything have no need for driven behavior of any kind.
0: Well, thank you, Anna. And we have like twenty minutes before the top of the hour. So uh we could open the floor or read this again.
2: Sounds good. Sure. Uh, Yes. Okay. Very important.
0: A search and the read it again. (laughs) And uh eight readers, nine paragraphs. Uh, so, um, let's just go one at a time in the first order. So, Lana, would you start us off then?
3: Sure. Okie doke. Introduction to Miracles. 1. Principles of Miracles. Miracle Principle 36, Paragraph 50. Christ-controlled miracles are part of the Atonement, but Christ's guidance is personal and leads to personal salvation. The impersonal nature of miracles is an essential ingredient because this enables me to control the distribution. Christ's guidance leads to the highly personal experience of revelation. This is why it involves personal choice. A guide does not control but he does direct leaving the following up to you. In quotes, lead us not into temptation means, in quotes, guide us out of our own errors. In quotes, take up thy cross and follow me means, in quotes, recognize your errors and choose to abandon them by following my guidance.
0: Thank you. Uh, Karen?
8: 51. Remember that error cannot really threaten truth, which can always withstand it. Only the error is really vulnerable. You are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit. But the right choice is inevitable if you remember this. The soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever.
2: 53. Atonement undoes or undoes all errors in this respect and thus uproots, uproots the real source of fear. Whenever God's reassurances are experienced as threat, it is always because you are defending the misplaced and misdirected loyalty. That is what projection always involves. Error is lack of love. When man projects this onto others, he does imprison them, but only to the extent that he reinforces errors they have already made. This makes them vulnerable to the distortions of others, since their own perception perception of themselves is distorted. The miracle worker can only bless, and this undoes their distortion and
0: frees them
2: from prison. Amen.
0: Thank you, Jennifer and Jessica.
4: Thank
7: you. 37. Miracles are examples of right thinking. Reality contact at all levels becomes strong and accurate, thus permitting correct delineation of intra and interpersonal boundaries. As a result, the doer's perceptions are aligned with truth as God created it.
0: Thank you, Jessica. Well please. Miracle Principle thirty eight.
6: Paragraph 55. A miracle is a correction factor introduced into false thinking by me. It acts as a catalyst, shaking up erroneous perception and reorganizing it properly. This places man under the atonement principle where his perception is healed. Until this has occurred, revelation of the divine order is impossible.
5: Thank you, Robin, Marie, Diana. Hi. <clears throat> did you say
0: Diana? I did,
5: yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, um, 39, the spiritual eye is a mechanism of miracles because what it perceives is true. It perceives both the creation of God and the creations of man. Among the creation of man, it can also separate the truth from the false by its ability to perceive totally rather than selectively. It thus becomes a proper instrument for reality testing which always involves the necessary distinction between the false and the true. Thank you. And Lori. LeMoyne, you're really in the distance. It's hard to hear you. Yeah. It kind of fainted. Yeah, something happened.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Diana. Um, Did you call me? Lori. I called oh. Lori.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounding a little uh, okay. better. Okay. Okay. So, miracle principle forty. The miracle dissolves error because the spiritual eye identifies error as false or unreal. This is the same as saying that by perceiving light, darkness automatically disappears. And Darkness is lack of light, as sin is lack of love. It has no unique properties of its own. It is an example of the quote-unquote scarcity fallacy from which only error can perceive. Truth is always abundant. Those who perceive and acknowledge that they have everything have no need for driven behavior of any
0: kind. Thank you friend and uh, yeah I tried to try to get this read more than more than the rest Uh, so I'll do it myself right now you from 51 and 2 you are free to establish your kingdom where you see fit but the right choice is inevitable if you remember this the soul is in a state of grace forever. Man's reality is only his soul. Therefore, man is in a state of grace forever. Here we have 10 minutes for the top of the
4: hill.
5: I'm not sure if it's my phone, LeMoyne, but you're still very distant. Yes, LeMoyne, I can
3: barely hear you. Yep.
5: And I want to hear you. (laughs) Yeah, me too.
0: Well, thank you.
4: Amen. Okay. That sounds
0: better. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Over the
0: river and through the woods.
1: Morning, this is Lori And uh paragraph fifty three is where I feel called to um to add a little something or make a little comment anyway. Um, it starts out just it's, it's part of um Christ's guidance and Christ control, all under miracle principle thirty six. Uh, but the paragraph starts out with atonement undoes all errors in this respect the respect of truth atonement undoes all errors in this respect and thus uproots the real source of fear whatever God's reassurances or experiences threat it's always because you're defending misplaced and misdirected loyalty. Later on, he says um, something like um, well, I'm not going to go there because I can't remember it exactly, but um, if I'm being ego-driven or my behavior, my response is um, ego-motivated, I will always, always feel the need to um, maintain a posture that I'm right about it and I will defend my position uh, in that case. But anyway, this is what projection always involves. And so many times um you know, we hear things like um you never hate your brother for his sins, but only for his own, for your own. Or if I see it in him, it's because it is in me. And the tendency um then becomes one of I must blame myself because after all um, I have I have this darkness that I need to project Um, and that can be confusing but um, I really uh, like uh, asking for clarity about this paragraph Um, and I'm always directed back to peace when I do Um, because truth undoes error and um, and rather than taking that error and turning it back on my own mind which is you know sometimes the tendency um, when I ask for correction of this difficulty the truth will reassure me that both my brother and I are sinless um, there's no need for me you know you only hate your brother for for your own sins not you only hate your brother for your own sins not his I don't need to go finding who has sin <laughs> you know uh, in response to that teaching I just need to ask for correction um, and the other thing I wanted to say about that paragraph is that when I'm corrected the correction applies both to myself and to my brother. And that ultimately is why true seeing heals. You know, right-minded perception heals my perception of myself, leaving me with nothing left to project. And consequently, I'm also healed in my relationship with my brother, who thought he sinned. But when I see him truly, uh, that dissolves in the same way that the presence of light darkness dissolves so um, it's hard sometimes to understand that when I accept atonement for myself I've also accepted it for my brother but um, understanding this paragraph 53 helps me a great deal with my relationships Um, that's what I felt called Sam complete Thank you, Lori. Good, thank you.
3: Thank you so much, Lori.
6: Thank you, Lori, so true.
5: hi oh, Lori. I have to stop and wait for a second. Just caught the last of it. You're saying that atonement undoes all errors in this respect, and thus, and thus uproots the real source of fear. So you're you're. I think what you're saying is choose again to self-identify with the Christ within and not the the error thinking that I'm having. Um. I hate for you to to backtrack on that thought, but I do want to understand it.
1: Oh, sure. Um, you know, to me, it boils down to this. Uh, when I, when I allow truth to see me, when I allow um, Jesus to see me, um, and I stand in that loving gaze, And allow that to just be it turns out that I will uh, as a consequence of that see clearly I'll see as I have been seen and that's why um, it's the privilege of the forgiven to forgive you know when I accept atonement for myself I'm accepting the idea that I have not changed myself I'm as innocent as I was created in the mind of God and will remain forever so. And in light of that understanding, um, I will be able to see as I've been seen, you know. Um, That's just how it works. And that's why um, those who have been released by Christ will join the Atonement. releasing their brothers because there's only really just one of us here you know Um, and without without error without the idea of darkness what remains without the idea of lack of love what remains Um, except that what was always true and forever true Um, God did not create error and when truth corrects error uh where is the need to project or see it? you know um, it is seems difficult, but it's not when you, you know um. In the same way that light dissolves darkness you know the miracle um, the understanding that nothing's changed everything is still true um, that love is always here um, undoes error automatically and the whole idea of opposites you know light and darkness truth and false error the idea of opposites is a human idea it's something that happened as a result of the belief that I'm alone here, that I'm on my own, that it's a dangerous, fearful place, and that I have to control reality because I'm separate from God. All of that is error and um, and in the presence of truth, um, it's like light creates uh, darkness and or light. Just all the start this um, and, and to me. That's the personal meaning of the topic. I'm complete. Okay. Thanks for that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, Lori. It's always so clear. Um, oh, it's top of the hour time. Fran. Oh, <laughs> wait. Thank you.
9: I can wait if you wanna share. Up to you.
4: No,
1: it, it it's it I would like to talk about that um reality contact and um reality testing via um the spiritual eye and relationship to the to the lesson today to France. So thank okay. you for
0: asking.
1: All right. Okay. <clears throat> so, LeMoyne, can I start? Okay.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, let okay. that be the call. <clears throat> I would like to speak on 53, too, but just cannot uh, can I all wait. Go ahead, Fran.
1: Okay. All right. Hi, everybody. We are in part one of the workbook, and we have an introduction, and today's lesson is lesson four. These thoughts do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room, on this street, on this window, in this place. So I'll read some from the introduction and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. Theoretical foundation, such as the text, is necessary as a background to make these exercises meaningful. Yet it is the exercises which will make the goal possible. An untrained mind can accomplish nothing. It is the purpose of these exercises to train the mind, to think along the lines which the course sets forth. Do not undertake more than one exercise a day. It is recommended that each exercise be repeated several times a day, preferably in a different place, each time, and if possible, in every situation which you spend any long period of time. Some of the ideas you will find hard to believe. Others will seem quite startling. It does not matter. You are merely asked to apply them to what you see. You are not asked to judge them, nor even to believe them. You are asked only to use them. Remember only this. You need not believe them. You need not accept them. You need not welcome them. Some of them you may actively resist. Whatever your reactions to the ideas may be, use them. Nothing more than this
6: is required.
1: We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson four. These thoughts... Do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place. Unlike the preceding ones, these exercises do not begin with the idea for the day. In these practice periods, begin with noting the thoughts that are crossing your mind for about a minute, then apply the ideas to them. If you are already aware of unhappy thoughts, Use them as subjects for the idea. Do not, however, select only the thoughts you think are quote-unquote bad. You will find if you train yourself to look at your thoughts that they represent such a mixture that in a sense, none of them can be called good or bad. This is why they do not mean anything. In selecting the subjects for the application of today's idea, the usual specificity is required. Do not be afraid to use good thoughts as well as bad. None of them represents your real thoughts. This is a major exercise and will be repeated from time to time in somewhat different form. In using your thoughts for application of the idea for today, identify each thought by the central figure Or event it contains. For example, this thought about blank does not mean anything. It is like the things I see in this room or wherever you are. You can also use the idea for a particular thought which you recognize as harmful. Do not, however, examine your mind for more than a minute or so. You are too inexperienced as yet to avoid a tendency to become pointlessly preoccupied. Do not repeat these exercises more than three or four times during the day. We will return to them later. Lesson four. These thoughts do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room, on the street, from this window, in this place. Five minutes. Uh, now I'm going to read the review paragraph for paragraph for Lesson 4. These thoughts do not mean anything. The thoughts of which I am aware do not mean anything because I am trying to think without God. What I call, quote, my thoughts are not my real thoughts. My real thoughts are the thoughts I think with God. I'm not aware of them because I have made my thoughts to take their place. I am willing to recognize that my thoughts do not mean anything and to let them go. I choose to have them be replaced by what they were intended to replace. My thoughts are meaningless, but all creation lies in the thoughts I think with God. Lesson 4. These thoughts do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room, on the street, on this window, in this place. Amen. Okay, thanks. Oh, oh
3: thank you, oh. friend.
2: Thank you, thank you, Fran.
9: Thank
1: you, Bram. Thank you. Thank you guys. I love that he tells us that oops, I was just gonna say one thing. I love that he tells us that it's not just the bad thoughts, it's the it's the ones that we think are the good thoughts. Our thoughts don't mean anything. Wow. I'm complete. Thanks, Fran.
10: Thank you. Yeah, so <laughs> It's about.
1: Oh, Harrison, please. You're breaking up, and I can't hear you.
10: you. Oh. Have a ballot tonight and share.
1: Oh, keep talking. I think it's getting better. Thank you.
10: (laughs) Early lessons. Go to the heart course is all about us have uh, us who accept to for us.
5: Harrison something's wrong I I can only hear one word out of about ten I can't you're not making sentences it's just a word at a time maybe hang up and call back in and the connection will be better yeah, maybe. That's
10: what I would do. Thank you.
9: Good morning. While we're waiting for Harrison, this is Mindy. Um, I know if I have
7: all these thoughts about fixing problems oh, I should do this, maybe I should do that, maybe I should do that. And my best thought for the moment is, I don't even know there are even problems.
1: I'm making up in my mind that I'm going to encounter something today because I encountered it yesterday and the day before. Instead of just being in the present moment and trusting that whatever does come up, if there's a challenge, the Holy Spirit or Spirit of Wholeness, is present and will show me exactly what to do. These thoughts about the future are meaningless because the future doesn't even exist. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks,
5: Mindy.
8: LeMoyne,
5: yeah, LeMoyne, you were going to share what you, your thoughts on atonement were on um, paragraph 53. I'm um.
0: Well, Harrison's back. I'd, I'd, uh, I'll yield to Harrison if you want to try again, Harrison. Yeah, it was like it was like dropping most of what you said before, Harrison. So try a couple sentences and see if we get more than
10: words. <laughs> hey, thank you, Lemoyne. any pleasure.
0: It seems better.
10: Yeah. We hear what you have to say. Uh, Until a little later.
0: Okay. Well, (laughs) Um, yeah, I could talk a lot about meaningless thoughts that I have about paragraph numbers and principal numbers, <laughs> and power. it all, it, it, anyway, that's just a focus on form. And, uh, and yeah, they, they don't mean I think what I think they mean, at least. So I guess what I really wanted to point out was something that's very much in line with what Lori was saying. And, you know, from 52, it's like the soul is in a state of grace forever. And then in the middle of 53, it says, error is lack of love. And I think both what the Course calls perception and our thoughts of lack of love, that those that's the error. is is the perception the thinking or believing that there is a lack of love and you know when it's uh, when it's projected out or seen as a problem that has to be solved it's and then being driven by that it's uh, well, I think the course later poses a question that's useful. Do I want the problem, or do I want the answer? I mean the answer is is i think where where Jude wanted to talk about this reality contact and proper perception is founded on what it states in fifty two They're actually that you know were created by grace and existing grace and you know essentially everything else is an error but to judge it is just to just to make it real so you know if here it says error is lack of love <clears throat> and in uh the course of love it states a very similar thing it says all feelings of lack of love come from an inability to receive and this is not receiving from the outside but receiving what it states in 52 that you know if we're the capital T thoughts of God then we haven't left his mind and that is our real reality. And that allows us to, you know, allows one, me, I've done it here and there anyway, to, uh, act in a way that is not driven by the circumstances where everyone is acting like their hair is on fire. And, uh, not get again. This is somewhat outside directed. Not get drawn into the error. I say, but not let that, <clears throat> not let the, their projection imprison me into my beliefs about you know long held erroneous beliefs about how it uh, we actually are separate when we're not. And that it is all one, and it's our lack of perception that it that there is a unity here that leads to any belief that it's not all well, that you know anything that's happening is a lesson about how we just need to relax and accept the grace so then it can be shared and then we get the answer instead of the problem. And anyway, I'm complete there. Um.
1: Thank you, Harrison.
5: (laughs) Thank you, Harrison. I mean, LeMoyne and Harrison.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you, LeMoyne and Harrison.
5: (laughs)
1: Interchangeable. (laughs) Good grief. (laughs) All
4: right. (laughs)
1: Good morning guys. Um Ann Marie, I wonder if you would like to share. I know you have to go. Is she even on the call today?
9: Robin Marie? Robin yes. Marie, thank
4: she... you. Hi. Um <clears throat>
6: I thought it was interesting that the idea about uh, bad thoughts and good thoughts and them both meaning nothing, though I do believe that all of God's thoughts are good ones. So you can ask the Holy Spirit, um, you know, I'm having this, what I think is a good thought, um, a good way to place my energy to experience my actions in the world to make um the reality of heaven on earth and we can hear that from the holy spirit and we can get a confirmation um that was my thought thank you everybody
1: oh thank you robin marie
3: thank you robin Marie. just so clear thanks robin marie
9: Thanks a lot Robin Marie. Hi, good morning. This is Ida. It's good to be with you on the call. Um, I found in, in the past when we've done that lesson about the thoughts I think with God that um, I realized at some point maybe last year or whatever that um, the thoughts I think with God are like prayers. They're prayers Like that um, For everybody And everything In the universe Or any part of the Of the universe You know Anybody in particular Any place in particular It's still the same Because praying for one person Since we're all one We're all one in mind. It's praying for us all You know So I really like that when I found, finally feel like I finally understood what were, the, in answer to the question, what are the thoughts I can click on, you know. Because I think it says in there at some point they're, they're like prayers or something like that. Anyway, thanks so much. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank,
1: Thank you, so Ida. Very refreshing.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Ida. Uh, good morning everyone. It's Lana. Uh, uh what comes to mind uh today reading this, uh, uh he refer Jesus refers to
4: uh, a
3: relationship with in life with life, either in a generalized way or very specific. And um I have to remind myself often that uh, Jesus meets me where I am. Uh, wherever my mind may have wandered off to, um, whether I'm experiencing my truth or if I'm having some type of ego tantrum, if I call on Jesus, he will meet me wherever I am. And um, when, and in The Course of Miracles, he addresses us um, in different ways depending on what he's teaching that day. It's, um, it's A lot of people relate to it and, and call it level confusion. So if, if he's speaking of truth, um, it's generalized. And the reason it's generalized is because it's all one. He's coming from a place of oneness which is all-inclusive, and um, I have to recognize that because um, if I don't, I'll get very confused because if he's addressing uh, meeting me in my ego mentality, he gets to be very specific with me. You know, it's, it's like um, if you consider cause and effect you know he gets um he he knows in order to point my mind in the right direction and to um open it up to willingness to see differently he has to honor where i am in at, at any given moment not in judgment but just <laughs> for the purposes of communication and and that's why um when he speaks of um Christ's control and Christ's guidance in the reading today. Um, We leave the miracles up to him to distribute because um, a miracle is a timeless state and it points to the oneness. I can't offer a miracle to one person without offering it to the entire sonship. Um and so and then Christ's guidance becomes very specific. It's uh, where he meets us as an individual ego mentality because that's maybe where we are in that moment. So the guidance will be very specific to whatever we're experiencing at that moment. Um, usually we're stuck in the effects which Um, are commonly referred to as our story. You know, we have a pattern of thinking, um, and the effect of that thinking shows up as a story, and most of the time it is an upsetting or confusing story. So Christ comes to us in order to point our mind back to... um, or helps me to point my mind back to my wholeness and oneness with God. Uh, two different act, uh, dimensions of experience. Um, when I believe that I am, I, I am my ego. He meets me there. When I'm clear on my truth as one with God and him and all my brothers, he'll meet me there, you know. So, um, but if, for me, my ego, and, and I'm being addressed either by Jesus or anybody else in relation to A Course in Miracles, and they're speaking from the level of truth, it'll be difficult for me to comprehend and at the same token, if I'm in spirit and have a healed mind, when anybody tries to relate from me, from relate to me, from an ego perspective, that'll just sound like nonsense to me. You know. So many times when we hear someone uh, express frustration in not understanding uh, the course and miracles. It's because of this, you know. It's because we're on one level and Jesus is addressing us at another level. (laughs) Um, And how we interpret what he's saying, of course, that's the ego mentality. It's uh, an interpreting and judging mechanism. So we're not only not hearing what he says or... um, but, you know, we're not understanding it because we're in one dimension and we're being addressed from another. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's um, it helps to clear up uh, the confusion between uh, Christ consciousness and, G- you know, Jesus being in charge of the allocation of miracles. And versus Christ's guidance, which would be very specific to me and wherever I am um, in relation to my mind's perception. So um, I was going to share something about the lesson today, but I don't have my book in front of me. What is today's lesson? Would someone just share that with me? Oh, I know. It's... It's um, the thoughts, you know, these thoughts don't have any meaning. And um, I have to remind myself a lot, very often, that there's one mind, and it's the mind I share in God. There is no other thinking mechanism. The ego thought system and truth doesn't exist. That is the truth. At at the level of truth but um, if I'm experiencing if my thoughts are upsetting me it's because I I believe that my um, I have a separate thought system I have a, a thought system in addition to the mind of God if I'm if I'm a thought or an idea in the mind of God God's mind is my mind. And the idea, my thoughts don't really need anything because they're not real. They don't even exist. Um, And if I really uh, observe my mind, I will notice that I am not my thoughts. I'm the one who's listening to them. Um, So if they're not not of me... um, they're not real. And the thoughts I think with God as being part of the mind of God um, is not a thinking process at all. It's just, you know, I notice thoughts being delivered to my mind as part of God's mind. It requires no effort or understanding you know, the experience is like, oh, where did that come from? Because I know I didn't participate in making up that thought. Um, it just arrives. And, you know, I, I and to discern the thoughts I think with God rather than the ego thought system, I identify my true thoughts by what they represent or bring to me. And it's always a clarity um, there's there's a certainty. There aren't any questions necessary to be answered, and also the peace it brings. Um, that's consist, those three things are consistent um, with all the thoughts I think with God, and of course the ego thoughts are all over the place. <laughs> you know, the good, the bad, the ridiculous. Um, and and that identifies them as coming from an ego mentality. So I'm sorry for going on and on. Um, I'm complete. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Oh, that was all just so excellent, Lana. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Holy mackerel. Hi, guys. It's Jude. I'm going to stick pretty close to what the lessons speaks to me of today, and um, it being a major exercise. These thoughts do not mean anything, period. Um, they're like the things that I see. My thoughts are like what I think I see in this room, my body, people, places, and things in the world, one version of reality. Somebody isn't on mute, please. Um distracting. Thoughts don't mean anything. That all thoughts are fragments, parts. Parts are not whole. Parts are not one. Um, That God doesn't think thoughts. He doesn't speak in words. That words and thoughts are symbols twice removed from my capital reality, which is swimming in a sea of grace. Um, pure light, pure light, and pure consciousness, that the Christ consciousness is stillness, complete stillness. To me, that means absolute lack of mental activity. My mind is still, it's calm, like a pond, a tranquil mind is very still. So that's where christ the Christ in me comes from through um, my touching. My home ground, peace, 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 stillness. So the ma- this being a major exercise, um, and being the beginning of the book, starting with an open mind, what still needs to be revealed to me, the truth, what I don't know, not what I think I know, <laughs> but what I don't know shall be revealed, because I have a still an open mind. This. Difference, discerning, separating the meaning from the meaningful. Now, if my thoughts about what I see don't mean anything, and what I see doesn't mean anything, then what I'm thinking about it and what I'm seeing is meaningless. This is what the lesson's telling me. All right? So, this is what's real and teaching me the difference between what is real and what is not real. What I think is not real, and what I see is not real. Thinking I am Judy in a body is not real. It's a mistake in my self-appraisal. This is the discernment between what is true and what is false. What is a fantasy or an illusion, and what is the truth of who I am? And I love the way this talks about in this one paragraph the different the goal of separating the meaningless from the meaningful it's the first attempt in the long-range purpose of learning what I don't know what the course is teaching me miracles to see the meaning as inside me and what is meaningless is outside of me so the fact that I can see Judy as an image is outside of my mind. My mind knows that Judy can see her image. And this is a very important distinction between knowing and perception. Judy's mind, which is a part of the One Mind of God, knows Judy can see Judy as as well as she can see everything else outside of her mind. You know, and it, it, it's, it's understanding this distinction first before I can recognize that everything is all within the one mind. I really, I really needed to make this distinction. What is an object of perception? There's a perceiver, and then there's an object of perception. And it's the actual perceiving that separates the oneness into two. Judy thinks she's an object, so she perceives everything as another other object. Through her eyes, everything is something outside of Judy. It's different and distinct. And what is the same and what is different when we're talking about being pure consciousness, everything that we perceive is within our consciousness. But that's getting ahead of myself. And um, I really I love this lesson today because it, you know, talks about what is alike and what is different. And um, and God created us in His likeness and image, which is not an image at all. It's formless. It's changeless. It's consistent and constant. It's everywhere, all the time, forever and eternity. That's what it's called love. God is. Love is. And then what's different? Everything that's temporal and changing, like all the thoughts in the world, all the things in the world, are temporal and changing. So to see all thoughts and all things perceived as changeable and therefore not true, or unreal, or illusory, because they come and go, and, and that by that definition, if they're unreal, they're meaningless, according to the the validity, the test of truth, the, the contact reality. I'm learning how to see through the eyes of vision, which is the instrument of truth. Everybody is given vision. Everybody is given the voice of God equally and evenly throughout the creation but this is my choice the one and only choice that i can settle for being the little mini me and be troubled and afraid distressed unstable shaken by things outside of her body or i can rest in the unshakable changeless peace of god the changelessness in me, my natural inheritance, my natural factory settings. And this is where the, the, the text speaks of choosing my kingdom. Am I going to be at home in God and see through the loving, non-judgmental eyes of Christ, which I have to think about before I do it? That's the one thought, the one holy thought that unites me with the kingdom of God. And I can't see alone. If I see through Judy's eyes, I'm seeing alone and I'm blind. I'm in the dark. And I'm not seeing anything else truly because I'm misperceiving myself. As I see myself, as Judy sees herself, as a body, she's looking through the body's eyes, she's misperceiving and distorting the reality of everything else. So I need to identify with the Christ consciousness, I am with you, Christ, help me to see this, using my spiritual eye, which can discern the true from the false, and, you know, it, it comes with a lot of practice. You, you just don't flip the switch when you get up in the morning like a light, although it's always there, because we're so overlearned by thinking we're bodies. This identification with the body, but the um, I love the way Lana you spoke spoke about the the control and the direction, because the control of our thought is up to our free will, and that's why we have to make that choice. And then everything. If I get up and I I say I want you to to direct my thinking all through the day, and then ask throughout the day when I I'm in. You know, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what to think about this. I don't know what to say here. That's that. You know, I want to be truly helpful. I want to be of service, putting my mind and my heart open-mindedly, open-heartedly into the service of the Spirit. And that's a moment-by-moment play. That's where the divine play is happening every day. Either I'm going to be united in the kingdom, and seeing myself as a servant of God throughout the day, or I'm not, you know, I'm just going to be barreling through, which I do still, so I'm not perfect yet, but that perfect love is in me, and the um to see what else was through that spiritual eye and testing the, the validity of the truth of my beliefs, and this is, you know, where core beliefs come in, If I'm afraid, the remedy is the atonement. Because if I'm fearful, I'm misperceiving and distorting the truth of who I am. I'm thinking I'm a body. Because if I didn't think of myself as a body, it's impossible for me to be afraid. I could walk right in front of a truck. And I would know I'm spirit, immortal, and changeless and true. But, you know, to be that totally fearless is... Christ-like, and, you know, we are Christ-like, but (laughs) here's our practice. Um, But to heal my perception, and I think I'll I'll, I'll quit with that, that that, um, knowing, knowing that I need not be afraid, that I can trust that perfect love is in me, that Jesus Christ in this whole book says you are no different than me, that you are as holy and as blessed and have the infinite potential of the power and the glory of God in all of us, in all of us. And this is what the uh, Grand Crusade is, to to never miss an opportunity to call upon Christ to say, we need not be afraid here. There's nothing to be afraid of here. And that th- this is a misperception. This is a misperception of our reality, and it needs to be corrected. What I'm seeing isn't true, and what I want to see is the truth. And only Christ and the Holy Spirit can help me to do that with conviction and with grace. And the faith that he has perfect faith in me, will I restore my perfect faith and confidence in him today. So work in miracles is um, on behalf of Jude as much as it is for everybody else that i wanna i wanna be revelatory all the time i wanna i wanna know with that i wanna know that <laughs> capital that <laughs> i wanna know that um God's creation is whole and it's holiness um that there's not a hole in anybody you know there's no holes people have that that hole inside of them, they feel empty, and it's a God-sized hole. That's a, an expression they use in AA all the time. I've got a God-sized hole and only God can fill it. And that is where that sense of, of abundance comes from, and there's no sense of lack there. I don't need anything or want anything because God supplies every need and every lack that I can possibly perceive. Which are all misperceptions, except only on a worldly level, so all worldly level all worldly perceptions are are distortions and errors to see ourselves through the body in the world is the fundamental perceptual error it's it's not real so um, wholeness I'm getting as I perceive myself so. So will I behave and um, miracle mindedness. The whole idea of being willing and, and 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 ready. Ready, willing and able, it talks about in the text. Ready means that I'm aware I'm aware of Christ consciousness in me. I'm aware of that. That's the knowing my thoughts. Where are my thoughts at? What am I thinking? How am I thinking? Am I being open-minded or am I thinking a whole lot of worldly thoughts which aren't essential, aren't even necessary? No mind, no matter. That's what I say. (laughs) You know, minded, it doesn't matter. It can't affect you or hurt you because it really truly can't, in in fact. But the idea that um, as I perceive myself as holy in Christ consciousness, I see everything else as holy and within Christ consciousness, and not as an object of perception, that's where perception goes away, because you don't perceive the distinctions. The shapes and the colors and the sizes and the um, differences and distinctions disappear, and everything is holy and whole in its oneness, and the, the beauty of seeing through that spiritual eye is that you treat everything with equanimity. And with equal honor and respect it's just natural it's the natural way for us to be it's easy and it's gentle and it's comforting and it's kind and you can see and feel the 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 just dis, dis, you know the dissing of the altars you know how, don't talk about yourself that way don't talk about my friend that way you're perfect you're so much, so much more than you know you are. But we have to, we really have to to love ourselves in that tender tenderness and gentleness of Christ consciousness, in order to to love truly, see or love anybody else. And I'm glad I'm learning this because I didn't love myself a whole lot um, when I started out. So I think that's. That's the long and short of it. And being a channel for Christ's Christ, Christ, um, miracles, i love to hear that very spef- specific kind of revelatory direction. It gets me very inspired and excited and full of joy. makes me really feel like I'm being of universal purpose. Thank you. I'm complete.
10: Thank you, Judy.
5: Thank you. Thank you, Judy, for all of that. Oh, Thank you, Judy. I I have a quick jump in here. Um, If you were to to turn to the Course in Miracles and just start in the paragraph that precedes Lesson 4, I think it's a direct tie-in to what everybody's been talking about. You know, the, the lesson for today with this in mind, these thoughts do not mean anything. What thoughts? They're talking about my thoughts because in um, the, less, uh, I don't know, paragraph 49, lesson 35, miracles are expressions of love, but it does not follow that they will always be effective. I am the only one who is I that they're talking about there, I am the only one who can perform miracles indiscriminately, because I am the atonement. You have a role in the atonement, which I will dictate to you. Ask me who, who, who is that that they're asking? I I believe this person that I am that asked me is God, which miracles you should perform. This spares you from exhaustion because you will act under direct communication. It is a personal choice. We do have a guide and it's our choice to choose Christ. Choose again self-identity with the Christ mind and not with the ego mind. It's a personal choice and it always comes back to asking God for direction, his choice, his direction. You know, it's simpler than we think. This spares us from exhaustion because we're acting under his communication. I think this is what they're they're talking about in all of this. Is it our choice? Absolutely. What are we choosing to see? How are we choosing to act and react in any given moment with Christ mind or with ego mind? And if I choose to align myself with Christ, then I'm okay. Anything that happens is okay. But I I I can't close a door on him. You know, the lesson today is is, is telling me again, you know, my thoughts don't mean anything. If I'm aligning myself with, with God and how He thinks, then then my thinking is correct. I'm complete. Diana. Thank you,
0: Diane.
3: Thank you, Diana. Oh, thank you, Diane.
1: That's what I think of the ego as having a no mind. That's why I say no mind, no matter, because if I'm not minding my own personal interpretations, that eliminates the ego mind. That's all. Very clear.
3: Yes, Judy. My mother had this saying, Where Whenever any of us were upset about anything, she used to say, pay it no mind. (laughs) And I didn't come to appreciate that statement until I found The Course in Miracles. (laughs) So that's what my um, response to ego is. I I just pay it no mind time. (laughs) I'm complete.
1: Thanks, Lana.
5: Yeah, Lana, thank you for that.
1: That's why I find these lessons are so helpful in that way because you know I watched some children playing the other day. Uh, They were like eight and six, I think. Anyway, they had their toys and they were um, talking, and I watched for a while and I thought this is really interesting. It's like they're narrating. an inner experience, you know. They're just narrating and they're playing, you know. And this morning, when I was watching, my thoughts crossed my mind. You know, uh, I thought this is like uh, children playing this thing that goes on in the mind. It's like this inner narration that um, that most of the time I'm totally unaware of, but it. Um, it creates moods, you know, um, depending on where I let them take me. Just like the way a child would play with toys, this mind, this—I uh, hate to give it the idea of a mind. I hate to—I hate to make it real, um, because it's not. But if I pay attention. I can discern the fact that there's a weather maker in my mind and it's busy and it's making weather and when I pay attention to its weather I can be drawn into its storms but if I don't pay attention um, it has no effect on me at all and there's this other thing if I listen hard there's a quiet a uh, high pitch frequency of vibration. It's just, it's very, very quiet. But it, um, it's just there. And I have a different experience when I sit with that. And so, watching my thoughts becomes really useful for me in making a choice of how, um, I want to experience where I'm at, what I'm doing, and who I am. And, um, and when i do that uh, and notice it's really kind of laughable that this weather maker happens back there and um and, and i'm enjoying um, i'm enjoying the quiet so anyway i'm complete it's useful that's what i want to say the lesson is useful i'm complete <laughs> Oh, I like to have the weather maker <laughs> oh, Thank up. you,
3: Laurie. Thank you. yeah, thank
5: you, Lori.
10: It's Harris great truck go
1: ahead, great
10: truck. go ahead. Uh-huh. Can you hear me now? Am I yeah. breaking up you know? still? Yes, no. Yeah, Harry. We can hear you. Okay. Uh, I love that these early lessons are focusing where, for me, the problem is. The problem is my thoughts. And that's really my only problem. If I choose to think only of thoughts I think with God, my loving thoughts, Regardless of what seems to be happening around me, attacks, uh, wars, you name it, if I can choose to think only the thoughts I think with God, I will recognize the unreality of all the unloving thoughts. even thoughts that seem to be neutral in the world. Those are not my thoughts. The only thing Thoughts that are real are the thoughts, I think, with God. So what are those thoughts, you might ask? They are only loving thoughts. They are only eternal thoughts. Today's lesson, These Thoughts Do Not Mean
4: Anything,
10: It's a very powerful idea, and it helps me to recognize that the thoughts that are coming from my I call what? You know, mine. the mind that's associated with myself as a body, with my identity as Harrison, that those thoughts are meaningless. And I really look at that idea seriously. It really challenges me to be able to look at those thoughts and to dismiss those thoughts. And say no to those thoughts. And and, and tell myself. The only thoughts. That are real. Are the thoughts you think with God. And the thoughts I think with God. Only loving hearts. They don't condemn, they, they, they don't vilify, they don't see sickness as real, they don't see death as real. They don't see attack as real. Those are not my real
4: thoughts. Sickness
10: attack that are not my real thoughts. And
4: when those
10: thoughts occur. I can step back and tell myself these laws do not mean anything. They like the things I see in this room. podcaster in how temper the fight for pathways of life. And he says about this lesson that it brings him through baby steps to the awareness that all of the thoughts That he thinks with the ego mind, trying to be substitutes for his real thoughts with the capital T. His real identity is love, which is still in the changeless mind. That's right on point. That's where each and every one of us exists in the changeless mind of love. And it doesn't matter. We don't recognize that at the moment. It's still true. But there's so much better when we come to the recognition that we only exist in the mind of God, in the mind of love. That's where we are. And nothing we have done or doing will ever do to change that. It is simply in our best interest to recognize that that's where we are. We're no place else there. When we come to that realization, it's the course calls accepting the atonement for ourselves. When we come to that realization, nothing outside of us. Nothing having to do with the world. We think we see
4: nothing
10: having to do with the body. We think we are it will affect us in any way because we are in the arms
4: of God. Thank
1: you, Harrison. That was all just so great.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Harrison. That was wonderful.
2: Thank you, Harrison. I I love your share, Harrison. Thank you, thank you.
9: Thank you, Harrison, everybody who's been sharing, Judy, and everybody. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ida. I was thinking, you know, when I first started out in AA before two years before I found the course, um Thy will, not mine be done was was a part of the third step prayer. Um in aligning my will with God's I would be restored to sanity. And um there's the distinction in that statement, thy will not mine be done, which is the personal, um, egoic sense of will that I'm a separate body in a in a separated a world separated from me, different separate people, and um, the unification of the will of God. And I, I, after contemplating that, what is will? It will is thought. So when my thought is is one with God's, his only thought is love. And that only loving thoughts are true It's what the truth of the reality of the kingdom of God is, that it's only love. There is nothing other than or nothing else. That's what it is in its totality. And that's the absolute truth. That isn't something that we can see with the body's eyes. Or through the human um, experience of perception, and you know that's when it's it sets the peace of God surpasses surpasses human understanding. Um, also makes that distinction clear to me that we are not we're we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And how Christ tells us, "I have overcome the world." and you need not crucify yourself because you know not who you are or you know not what you do, because you think you're something when you're not a thing at all. What we are is beyond perception, but we can know the truth of ourselves. And and the one will of God, uniting my will with God, restores me to the awareness of the kingdom of God. and And... His will for everyone is equally and evenly distributed. There's nothing special about God. God does not give himself more or less to anybody. He gives himself equally to everything in his creation. That's what it unites in, in, in its holiness and its oneness. And, you know, that's, that's something that we learn how to be, learning how to be, just be at peace and in love with everything and let it be. Let it be our words of wisdom. Let whatever it is be. And I love that Master Eichhardt, um quote that you started us out with this morning. I'd love to hear it again before I go, um, that I will forget myself, forget Judy, so that I can know the truth of who I am. Forget myself, lose myself, so I can find my true self in God. Let God be God in me, is another one of um, Master Eichhardt's saying. Let God be God in you. (laughs) Seeing through the eyes of God, the eyes of Christ, listening to the voice of God, one voice, one vision, um, seeing and hearing through the eyes of God. Uh, lovely. Lovely call. Thank you all for your shares. I'm complete. Thanks, Thank Judy.
8: Thank you, Judy.
2: Wow. All right. Good morning. This is Jennifer. Oh, that was nice silence, really nice silence. Um, wish it was more, but I did want to um hope for more. Um, so good morning, everybody. Um, I want to share an experience I had this morning. Um, I woke up and I was thinking what we would call egoic, thoughts. And I was like, wow, I'm half asleep. I'm just waking up. The alarm just hit wrong. And immediately I was like, Well that's not true. Uh and then I had another thought come in and another it was like an ego attack, so to speak, just as I was waking. And um so I had a the miracle. I had a miracle in the form of correcting those thoughts. Because, uh, because I'm choosing the truth instead of, you know, um, instead of darkness, um, instead of old fear and beliefs, and in that moment, in those moments, half asleep, I chose um, to respond. From my heart, um, that's connected to the Christ. It's connected to everyone here, uh, and it just gently redirected my soul, right, or um, myself, and um, and I was okay. I was like, oh wow. So in reflection, it's going to be important that before I go to bed, I'm not watching um uh anything that has a a bunch of uh kind of low energy <clears throat> um lack of light or the light comes a little too little too late <laughs> um for me before I turn off the the tube and um i just wanted to say that um i've had an experience in the past with paragraph 53 where i had Deep, 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 deep judgment and resentment towards uh, a friend of mine and the effect that that resentment that I had that I was aware of, but I wasn't aware of how to release and look at and put my arms down, so to speak, and let God um, help me with this atonement, um, releasing this belief uh, really which is also about myself, Um, and I, so I discovered through my atonement um, of it and release of it, and, but I remember how it affected this human being with me. It wasn't anything I spoke of. I wouldn't dare. My ego was like, Oh, we are not going there. You know, like this is I'm holding on to this fear judgment of you oh this is you know <laughs> this is a grand separation um my ego was very scared and didn't want um to be close to this person that unconditionally loves me still unconditionally loves me and um so i've recently uh released this But in reflection, I'm like, wow, it'll be real interesting. Um, It'll be really a joyful experience, actually, in a very different visit when I visit this friend of mine in the the future here, in the near future. But I remember, wow, you know, the power we have. um, She had the same belief about herself, I guess, because I saw her go unconscious, go into anxiety when I was, feeling these feelings, but not speaking them, these judgments. So uh, what a gift uh, this course is. And um, I'm just so grateful with that I'm complete.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. I was really glad to hear that. Thank
4: you. Well, let me ask you, Laurie, would you repeat this my record
1: um, I'd love to a lot of static on your line, boy. I will repeat it, Ta um, the poem, oh dear me, I moved my bookmark. That's not it. Here we go. Room to grow is the name of the poem. Hello. <laughs> I don't think we want to record this part, do we, Lamar? Well, it will disappear. It's beautiful. Why not? Here's the poem. (laughs) Uh, It's called Room to Grow. My life is like a page on which so much is already written hurts and joys and the tumble of fears and uncertainties what you want of me God is that I clean the slate emptying emptying it of all this to make room for the freedom of nothingness where alone you my God have room to grow it is a beautiful poem thanks
4: Thank you,
8: Laurie. Thank
3: you, LeMoyne. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, everyone. I have to leave now. Have a beautiful and blessed day. It
4: was
1: a real pleasure to hear from everyone here today. Thank you. Thanks, Lana. Thanks, Harrison. Thanks, Diana. You're
6: welcome. Thanks, Jennifer.
1: Thanks, Jessica. Thanks, LeMoyne. (laughs)
4: Ciao for now, you guys. Bye-bye.